0: Hi, it's Nicole Brandon, and welcome to Unlimited Life. I am so thrilled today to introduce today's guest. Of all of the years that I've had the opportunity to do radio, which has been many, 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 many years now, and all of the countries in which I have been doing radio broadcasts, I have had the gift and the blessing and the opportunity to interview thousands upon thousands of people around the world. And today's guest is the guest that has changed my own life more than anybody else. Today we are speaking with Amanda Rain, and she's going to talk about how to speak the unspeakable. How do you have those conversations in your life that you have a difficult time having? How do you talk about your past relationships? How do you talk about what you want sexually? How do you go in and ask for a raise how do you talk about your finances how do you talk about your views on the world the way in which she teaches you how to have conversations with those you care about those you love your colleagues your neighbors your community and the conversations with yourself i have been interviewing amanda on so many of my radio shows and often when I'm interviewing Amanda, I find myself just taking notes and I'm writing feverishly. And then I realize, oh, I have to ask her a question We're on the radio show. But I myself am learning constantly when she is talking. We have had radio shows where we have had people in queue for hours to talk to her and to ask her a question, where we have actually had to add hours and hours and hours of programming just to keep bringing her back. And so I am so excited that she is with us today because truly Amanda has changed my own life and the life of my colleagues, my friends, transformational leaders around the world and I'm sure today her information is going to change and shift your life and give you the words to really step up and to lead and to live an unlimited life. So with great joy and Thrill of my heart, I introduce to you today's very special guest, Amanda Rain.
1: Amanda, thank you so much for being with us and welcome.
2: Thank you so much for having me, Nicole, and along with all of those beautiful words, thank you so much.
1: Oh, no, it's my absolute pleasure, truly. it's When I think about you and I think about the first time I met you, and it really is one of those things that you say, who is that person in the room? And there's just, there is such light that just emanates and shines from you, and that's really when I think of you, I think of you like a lighthouse, that you just spread this light wherever you go, and people that are in darkness you're able to guide them to the next place. Mm. And people that are really doing well, you're able to illuminate who they are in such a beautiful way. And so it's such an honor and such a blessing and such a gift to have you with us today. Thank you for that reflection. My pleasure. So first, how did you come up with, I mean, I love speaking the unspeakable, and I think that it's one of, the toughest things in the world is how do we say those things that we've always wanted to say, and how did you even begin? Well, it was, uh, you know,
2: kind of looking at the overview of all of my life experiences, and, you know, within I'm apprenticed to a shamanic path, and within that work, there's much talk of speaking the unspeakable, of how do we be real with people in the moment when it's necessary so that way we can have real connections with people that are based on honesty and integrity. And so it is that work. And when I heard that, you know, I was like, yes, that is what I feel I do. I'm, I'm originally from Detroit and um, Detroit people are often very outspoken. And so there is definitely part of that within the way that I was raised to be outspoken and over the years with the training and with the spiritual work that I've done I've, and you know also moving to the West Coast, I've been able to soften some of the harder edges that I carried and be able to really surrender into the beauty of life and at the same time still holding this edge of we need to be real with each other, we need to be honest with each other, and it's through that that we actually respect each other. And so when I was looking at, you know, what is my unique gift to offer this world? What am I here to do? That's what came, with, was is to help people speak the unspeakable in terms of, you know, both from my advocacy work and helping people be more effective at speaking their truth and speaking out for change and creating positive, being a positive force in our world. And then also in our intimate relationships with each other, with our families, with coworkers, and being able to have healthy, happy connections with people. And so that is what inspired this work.
1: I love that. And when you talk about intimacy, I mean, I think that that is the most difficult place to share your feelings and your thoughts, whether it be something horrible that happened in your past to you or something that... It you believe in that you see the invisible, or or even a desire or or a passion, or something that you have that you think somebody is not going to um, think that it's right, or love you mm-hmm. the same way if you were to share that. And so, how do you open to intimacy, and how do you be vulnerable with somebody, especially when there are so many influences that say? We can't trust or somebody's going to love us less if we share the all of who we are and say what we're really thinking or feeling. Yes.
2: It's so important for us to step into intimacy, and one of my teachers likes to say intimacy is into me-see. So that's when we open ourselves for people to see us for all of our vulnerability, all of our strengths, all of our weaknesses, the challenges we overcome, our beauty. And it's a vulnerable place to be in and of itself because we have this innate need for love and belonging, in the, names, uh, in the words of Brene Brown, who does research into shame and shame resiliency and how to be connected. And with that need for love and belonging, when we put ourselves out in openness, we have a lot of concern around what people are going to think about us whether we're going to be accepted, whether we will have that love and belonging that we so deeply and innately need and desire. And so part of the work of being able to do that is to love ourselves so fully and completely that we know that those who accept us are the ones that are deserving of our deepest connections and that those aren't going to be broken by our humanity, you know, our imperfections, those flaws that give us character and make us be who we are. And that actually are much of our brilliance and our beauty. And with that work, you know, and for those who don't accept and love us, then, you know, that's okay. Not everyone is going to like us or love us. And it's Okay. There are so many people in the world. So once we can really love ourselves, we start to understand that some people we will align with and others we won't. And there's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't make them wrong. It doesn't make us wrong. It's just not It's just not an alignment.
1: Okay, but and if so you're with somebody was, that... I'm sorry for interrupting. If you're with someone, though, mm-hmm. that you're aligning with and you still are afraid, you know, like as a woman, how do you ask for what you want. And if you're not in alignment with somebody, how how much can you say safely?
2: Mm. So that's where the strategy piece comes in in terms of being and strategy really comes down to being thoughtful and thinking about, you know, what is your truth? Aligning with your core truth first. And that way you can bring that into the conversation and then, you know, you, you put a little thought into what it really needs to be shared. And when you're looking at what needs to be shared, you're looking at what do what is actually pertinent to this conversation and what is pertinent to their decision-making, if they're making a decision based on something that we are offering or speaking of our needs, um, or what's important for them to know about where we're at and how we feel. And so when we put it into that context, we can be much more effective when we bring things forward, you know, it's true that when the closer someone is to us, the more susceptible we are to being afraid to share and open ourselves. And, you know, I was just speaking with a brother yesterday, and, you know, he feels, you know, he's having trouble being intimate to open to allow people to see him. And in that way, you know, one of the things that I shared with him is that We all have things that we are hard on ourselves for. We all have things that don't meet our own standards. And oftentimes our standards are much higher than those who love us. The people who love us, love us. And there are hard moments that we have in in this world. It's just part of life is to have, you know, moments that are a little more challenging than others. And when we can be honest, straightforward and speak from our heart we can move through those challenges with greater ease and in ways that will actually deepen those connections to where we know that no matter what happens in the future we can get through it because we've gone through this particular challenge and we've been able to speak our fears to each other you know a lot of a lot of what fear is is being afraid of the unknown and so to to counter that we have to make the unknown known. And what happens is is when we have something difficult to share, a lot of times we spend a lot of time spinning in our mind, you know, creating stories, creating how they're going to respond to it, or, you know, what's going to happen if we share our truth. Instead of speaking it and actually being in the, you know, real connection between two people and navigating that out and figuring that out together as opposed to one person, you know, working it up. And what happens when we do that, when we create those stories within ourselves, is we end up not, we end up making ourselves so nervous (laughs) and so afraid that we add that much more fear into the situation. So if we were to just speak it, you know, kind of do the self-work first of what's my truth, what's important here, what's important to me, what's important for this other person to know, And then once that's clear, going into the dialogue, and if you're, you know, and if what I do when I'm really afraid or don't feel like I'm going to be articulate, because it's easy to talk about this, but when you have your emotions connected into this, when you have your love and your heart connected into this, it, you know, I still get tongue-tied. And so what I do is I tell people, this is really hard for me. I don't necessarily know how to do this or how to say this well and so if you could just bear with me while i while i speak this and and if you could not take anything personal and that if something comes off a little hard that you know we can talk about that and we can address that together
1: but this is something that's that i really
2: need to speak to beautiful you
1: right to be, that's so beautiful to say this is new for me and i'm vulnerable in the moment and i'm stepping into this and i'm being brave and you know sharing my truth with you because i care or whatever that is and you know and i and i love that you say don't take anything personally Mm -hmm. because that i guess was one of my questions because i know i've heard you speak about that women can speak their boundaries powerfully and with grace and i know when you get scared it doesn't sound so very powerful and sometimes when you're tripping over your tongue, it doesn't sound so very g- graceful. But if you're saying it from your heart, then it's both those things, right? Yes,
2: completely. And so, if we were to speak our boundaries and we were to want to do so gracefully, if there's like a gentleness in the in the situation, we could say, you know, thank you. It's quite a compliment that you, you know, want to do that with me or have that desire. I'm not able to fulfill that at this time. But I want you to know that I really appreciate you bringing that to me or asking me for that. And and you know, the more that we can also thank people like if someone were to say, "Can I can, you know, can I kiss you?" the more that we're able to say thank you for asking. The more often we'll be able um we'll have that question asked to us cuz one of the things that we're coming out of is the kind of the way that we're used to living and the way that we see things unfold around us and in media and out, you know, in places of our world is that men, you know, they're more, especially with the energetic of the masculine, it's to go after what you want. That's how men are largely trained. And women are largely trained to not use our voice to you know, really be in service to our relationship, which I think is a, is a beautiful thing. And we have to be able to speak our needs, speak our desires, and speak our boundaries. And so the more that women speak up and men open the space and ask those questions, the more we'll step into healthy, juicy connections where we can have what we want. We can have our desires fulfilled through doing that work and so it's important for us to be able to speak and you know sometimes it's it's really challenging and so it's important for us to follow our intuition and if something you know if we're not really in alignment with something then saying you know wait let's let's pause for a moment and if you're, you know, if you're in a heated moment with someone, it could be that you hug them tightly and just say, will you just hold me for a moment? I just really need to be held. So instead of stopping what's happening and saying, wait, this isn't working for me, move it into an action because men are very action-oriented. Move it into an action that the man can feel like he is supporting the woman because men want us to be happy. They want us to feel fulfilled and to be satisfied, and and they have so much that they gain from our happiness when they love us. And so being able to support them and getting our needs met and being able to speak them powerfully and with grace.
1: All of this is so amazing to me, and it's such great information. And we have so many women on the show that are starting over again, In relationships Mm -hmm. or people that have been married a couple times and they don't really know what happened because they just didn't know how to communicate their needs. And then we have people who have been abused and are needing to learn to trust love and it's okay. To Trust love and to trust men, so for women that are just finding their voice that they're just this is this is a new skill, this is new like teaching a baby to walk or whatever, and that they're they're just taking steps forward in finding their voice and communication. What would be a tip or tool or one of the first steps that you would say to somebody that's that's this is brand new and they so desire to want to communicate with somebody in a, a way that they're being heard? and that they're being loved and that their voice is being received? Mm. I would say to
2: ask for patience from those closest to you. So, again, it's naming your vulnerabilities, naming your fears. When When we are able to speak our fears and when we're able to speak our experience, it essentially has the ability to put us at ease once we name it. And so then we can actually address it. Directly and with conscious awareness And so, you know, tell people Hey, I am in need of claiming my voice And so as I go through this journey It may come, I may come off harsh at times Because I'm finding my way It's kind of like when we're starting anything new Just like life, when we're a child You know, we start to, we, we kind of take things too far And we take things, and we don't take things far enough in order to find our comfort zone, in order to find our way and what works for us. And so letting people know, hey, I'm in a learning curve right now, and this is really important for me. And and if it's someone who is engaging love again after abuse or, you know, a broken marriage, you know, telling someone, I really want to have this connection with you. It's very valuable to me, and I want you to know that, you know, I'm healing from a lot of abuse and trauma. And so the more that we can have open communication so that way when I get triggered, that I can come to you and say, hey, I'm triggered. I need a little space so we don't just, you know, disappear for a bit. Or say, I'm really triggered and I can't have this conversation with you. And then come back to it at another time. And just asking for that support that we need. One of the important things in terms of men and women is we speak different languages. We have, we're we wired differently and we have different um, aspects of our physicality that impact the way that we communicate. Women use way more words than men and there are many other differences. And so when we're going to man, like if we need to process something, like something's weighing on us or we need support or if we just want to unload after a rough day at work or whatever it is, It's better for us to call a sister, to call a woman woman friend, because we speak the same language, so they'll be able to be support for us in the way that we need. Men want to fix things. That's what they do. They're action-oriented. You give them a problem, they're going to start to solve it. And that's their medicine. And so if we just need a process, we should call a sister. If we have something that needs action taken and we're not attached to how it's going to look, because we don't want to micromanage the things that, the men, that men do for us, then we take that to the man. And so if it, you know, when you take something vulnerable or something where you're triggered, you could say, I'm really triggered and this is what I need from you, whether it's space or will you just hold me. These different things that we can ask for to be fulfilled, and that way they can feel like they have a role, they have a purpose, they're supporting us and they can feel empowered in that as we empower ourselves.
1: That's such great advice. You know, I know that men even words that we use, they use differently. And I was told Amanda Armstrong was talking about one day, you know, in her incredible text work, and she was talking about that when a man is finally ready to make a commitment to a woman, that he will often say something like, you know, that I care about you, but to to assure her that he loves her to assure her that he wants to move forward that he wants in a relationship and that when a woman is ready to leave a relationship she says to a man you know that i care about you (laughs) but she's ready to leave so as soon as a woman hears that a man cares she goes oh he's leaving and right away she shuts down and now all of a sudden she's disappeared from the relationship and that You know, now he's taking steps forward and she's becoming a bitch and spinning out of control or whatever that is that she does. And he said, what happened? Uh, You know, he finally tells her he cares. And so it's funny, even just the use of words, that we use words differently.
2: Completely, completely. And so the more, you know, that's where it's important for us to ask clarifying questions. One of the things that my debate training has been helpful for is to be able to see how ideas or concepts or in the debate world, they're called arguments, um, interact with each other and how, when things are spoken, what meaning can you pull from it and, or what meaning is missing from what is spoken. And so men using so many less words than us, they'll say something and another man will understand it completely, but the woman will be wondering, left wondering, well, I could see this going in five different directions. I'm not sure where this is going i mean i've had the conversation with men where i say you know from every when i look at our conversations over a span of time i could think that you're really into me you're not into me at all and or you you're indifferent or you're you might be or a little or you're open or you're not open and i'm really confused and so i just need to ask you directly how do you feel about me And this particular man that I had this conversation with was really grateful that I was direct with him, and that I was able to name the lack of clarity, so we could have the conversation then to get clear. And so, and so, it's asking these clarifications of, um, you know, you said this. What does this word mean?
1: Right? You said that's great. I've never thought to do that, but how genius! To actually say that they said, you know, one of the things that I remember hearing when I was studying so much about ling- literature and English and the truly the true form of the English language is that the most difficult word to learn in English language for somebody that has come here from another country and they're learning English is the word beat. And, mm-hmm. and it's true, and I, I mean, and I've read that in so many books and from so many universities because there's so many meanings. I can beat you in a race or I could beat you up, or there's a heartbeat, or there's a music beat, or cops walk on a beat, or you could eat a beat. And so there are just so many, <laughs> it's almost like they ran out of words and said, let's just use that beat word again. <laughs> but if you were here from some other language, how would you know that cops walk on a beat, or that I beat you on a race, <laughs> or that there's a music, I mean, they're so different. In their meaning and so to ask somebody what does that mean to you when you say you care what is caring when you you know whatever that is and so I love when you say that and when you ask and so for people that can speak people that for years have clear communication what happens if you want to say something like, you know, you talk about pillow talk, or we want to talk about sexual intimacy or our fantasies or our desires, and so is there a way to share that, and is that different than sharing your heart or saying, ouch, that hurt, or Mm -hmm. that I'm triggered right now. Is sharing something that you desire or your fantasies or whatever, is that the same sort of communication? You could definitely run parallels
2: if like if you have a fantasy, it, you know you could snuggle up to your partner and say, "I'd like to share something that, you know." And a lot of times, our fantasies are something that is at our edge. You know, if it if it weren't at our edge, it wouldn't be some. It, we would already be doing it. <laughs> and so you could say, and you could say, "I'm I'm kind of nervous," or "I feel embarrassed," or you know, you could name how you're feeling. And I want to express this to you because if you're open to this, it would really excite me to be able to have this experience with you. And so then you could go into it and you could, you know, when we, a lot of times what is commonly thought of is when we talk about things, we take out the romantic juice, that, that sultry energy. And it really just comes down to how we do it. And so if you were to snuggle up to your partner and you were to start tracing on his chest, and start talking about your fantasies, it would create so much electric energy between the two of you that it would be really sweet. And so when we want uh, you know to be touched in a certain way, we can guide the hand to go to the area that we want to be touched and just say, you know, this is how I want to be touched. And for men, they love, from the men that I've spoken with about this, they love to be told what we like because women are kind of this mystery. I mean, I feel like women, we are mysteries unto ourselves in many ways. And so for a man who doesn't have the wiring or, you know, they don't have a womb, they don't have a vagina, they don't have breasts in the way that we have them. And so it's a mystery. And so the more that we can unlock the box of mystery that surrounds us and invite them in the more they appreciate it. And so, you know, they want to hear our voice. They desire hearing what makes us excited, what turns us on, what is going to bring us the, the greatest pleasure that we can think of. And so when we open that dialogue, you know, once we... And, you know, the first time that we open these dialogues it's the scariest but then the more you do it the more practice you get the more experience the easier it gets and so you know it's like building up that courage and building you know encourage being you know the heart is the word of courage so leading from the heart and and stepping out to be open and vulnerable and saying i really want this and it can create so much juice in intimacy when we're able to speak
1: our desires and how we want to be touched. I think that that's one of the questions that we get all the time. And one of the most difficult things is how do you share your fantasies? How do you share your desires? How do you share your whatever that is? I had a man the other day that I highly respect. And we were having a conversation with a group of men and women. And he just post at the table you know what made Fifty Shades of Great Work or why are women attracted to this or what you know and and it's interesting for any man to be asking how does a woman want to communicate or how do what how does she express or how come women don't talk to us or how can and so to be able to say but I love that you start with the innocence of I'm kind of nervous or so I'm sort of embarrassed about this but I it's it's so feminine and it's so vulnerable and it's so curious and it's so adorable and it's so sweet and yet it's so sexy at the same time. Mm-hmm, completely. And, you know,
2: women represent for men the taproot to vulnerability. They don't have that natural connection that we have. And so when we're able to connect into our vulnerability and we're able to bring that into a relationship, that's one of the things that they have a need from us. They need that, and they gain access to that through us and through us being vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so then when we open the door for us to share our fantasies, that can give them permission to share their fantasies. And from there it can be... Uh, an adventure and an exploration into what what our desires are. And when we can, you know, especially in long-term relationships, when you're continually having to meet each other and re-meet each other and keep things juicy mm-hmm. and find things to, you know, spice up the, what can become a monotonous day-to-day of living, you know, stepping into the fantasy, fantasy world is a really powerful way to keep that connection strong and keep it juicy and keep it alive and keep it, you know, keep you asking, what is today going to bring?
1: And that will keep the excitement of the relationship alive for a long time. I love the enthusiasm and I, I just love the spontaneity and the desire of that and the opening of that. It's like the unfoldment of each other and the gift and the magical, you know, essence of who you are, and there's nothing sexier, more beautiful, and so I think it's perfect. And then, but my, I've got a question of so when you you're teaching people how to ask for things, and how to be supported in the communication, and I think that everything that you've said is just so perfect. I'm taking notes. I'm going to practice this in my own life. But how do you, how do you not? Um, become codependent as men are mm-hmm. supporting you? How do you fall into stepping forward in your power and not wavering back and letting a man whatever that would look like?
2: Mm-hmm. So we have a a big pattern within our collective. It doesn't, you know, not everyone has this, but so many of us have struggles with codependency where we get into a relationship And then all of a sudden, everything becomes about the other person, and then we fall into these patterns where, you know, there's the the thing of codependency is there's the persecutor, the enabler, and the victim. And so when we ask for something, if it doesn't get fulfilled, and then we go into victim of, you know, why aren't you doing this for me? This is, you know... You know, this is maybe even part of our agreement and our relationship and you're not coming through on it. And then we come into this place from, from a place of neediness. And so one of the things that has helped me on my journey is to make sure that I'm maintaining a balance. You know, I had, in one of my relationships I had, um, my partner was, he said, you don't need me. He's like, what do I, I don't know, you know, like, what do you do for a woman who doesn't need him, him? And I I just, I stopped kind of like dead in my tracks because I've just been so independent for so long at that point where I didn't need him. And so then I was like, okay, he needs me to need him. (laughs) And what it did was it opened up all of my codependent patterns and it got ugly. And so one of the things as I harvested that relationship, because of course it did not last when I harvested that relationship, I said, oh, he just needed to be able to do things for me. He didn't need me to need him.
1: <laughs> oh,
2: I get it. Okay. And so it's maintaining a balance of doing, continuing to do for ourselves so that way we are still fueling ourselves. That way, you know, because when we come into relationship, it's, you know, there's the the one, you know, and not even in gender, but just one person to one person, we are each individuals within that. And so it's important for us to maintain a taproot into our own unique individuality. And at the same time, we come together in relationship, and that ends up creating almost like a third entity, right? It's like the relationship is its own being, its own essence. And so when we hold ourselves as unique individuals coming to this relationship to create something greater than ourselves, something greater than we as individuals can create, it holds that balance of I am still who I am and I am coming to the relationship, you know, in service to this relationship while I'm still holding integrity for my own needs. And so continuing to fill the needs for ourselves you know, and also, you know, also maintaining a sexual relationship with ourselves. So that way it doesn't all get put on our partner. And that is, I think, something that commonly happens. And so if we you know, if you look at sexuality as the core of our essence, you know, it's it's the act that brings us into the world. It's such a core part of, of who we are. When we can maintain a connection within that for ourselves that doesn't necessarily exclude our partner, but definitely is something that we feed ourselves with, then we can maintain greater connection to ourselves throughout and maintain that relationship with ourselves. And when we can do that, we can engage in co-empowerment, which is stepping into, you know, instead of persecutor, victim, and enabler, we have challenger, supporter, listener, We can listen to each other. We can see how we can be in support to the relationship. And we can challenge each other. Say, hey, you know, that didn't work for me. Let's do better. What can we do that will, you know, have you feeling fulfilled and have me feeling fulfilled?
1: That's, oh, my gosh, that's amazing. Now, I love your work, I have to tell you. The idea of speaking unspeakable and everything that you've said is so opening and so right on and such an incredible tool and key and technique for sharing your heart and sharing your soul and getting closer to the person that you love, especially at a time when people are getting married. And they're sharing a life together. And what better time to learn to communicate with your spouse or the person that you love. And so how does someone find you? Because I just think that your work is just gold. Do you do workshops? Do you do private sessions? I I do. I do both.
2: I have a website. It's found at uh, www.speaking-the-unspeakable.com. And um, I do workshops. I'm based out of Portland, and so I am. I do workshops here in person, and then I also do them over the phone with teleclasses. And I also do one-on-one work, either you know through the various mediums of technology, as well as one-on-one in person. And so, um, and I love working with people. One of my gifts, you know, is I. They've been deepening my connection into this work. One of my gifts is helping people find words and building their courage to be able to speak their truth. I feel like that's the the jewel of my medicine that I have to to offer people. And, you know, when I when they bring a challenge to me and then I can say, well, here's, you know, three or four different ways that you could speak this. You know, what's your way? And then I have them practice with me so they can build their courage of like, Oh, I I can do this, I can speak this. And then I also help with, you know, sharing tips and tricks to, you know, maintain that courage as you actually go into the conversation or the dialogue or just even with the relationship with self and our internal dialogue. And so it's a it's a beautiful thing. I, I love what I do and I love working with people and supporting them because I want to see us be happy and healthy and be able to engage each other from a place of truth. And honesty and fulfilling relationships, that's really what it's about, is being able to have fulfilling relationships that allow us to deepen our connections with each other. I actually have a workshop for women, a Speaking the Unspeakable for Women Only, uh, coming up a teleclass this Wednesday. And so if women are interested, they can email me at speak. And, of course, it's speaking, like using your voice, speak rain, R-A-I-N, rain like the weather,
1: at gmail.com. Okay, we'll put that up on our website as well because i love to be able to share that information with people. I think that your choice of words and the selection of words and each word you use is a word that's so opening and so Mm -hmm. revealing and it feels so safe. And at some point I'd love to talk to you because one of the programs that we offer women is how to write their vows. And we have a whole Ah. service to teach women to write their vows. And because a lot of women don't say what they want to say because they're afraid they're too emotional, or a lot of women don't say what's in their heart because they're too embarrassed. And we had a minister on last week, and he was amazing. And he was talking about what's the difference between a covenant and a contract, Mm. and that a covenant you're really stepping in and a covenant and that when you're saying your vows it's not a compliment like pretty dress i think you're sexy it's really that you can say <laughs> those things you know that you can you know write a letter a love letter to one another and share it but when you're taking your vows it's really words that are in your heart what you're stepping into what you're willing to do and the words that you use are truly so rich and they're so meaningful and they're so deep and they're so connecting that I would love you to come be part of that and, you know, help us with the vow service because I just think that the words that you have really do speak to the heart.
2: Mm, I would um, love that. I would I love that. that would
1: just be so wonderful. And then, you know, what we were talking about earlier, is there a way to navigate really difficult situations with a man? Mm. Is there... Yeah, completely. Um,
2: So one of the things that I find helpful is to first, you know, when both people recognize that we speak different languages, it opens the door for us to be able to name that. And when we can name that, you know, like if we're, as women, who use many, many words to say something, if it becomes (laughs) too much for the man,
0: you know,
2: I need you to just pause for a moment. I totally want to hear what you're saying, and I love you so much that I want to hear what you're saying, and I'm a little overloaded right now. And so if we could just pause and let me integrate what you've already said, that will really help me be able to be present with what you're saying and be able to continue listening with the depth and the honesty, you know, and and openness to receive it, you know, that I can hold. And so can I just have this moment? You know, or even going and walking around the block and so that way they can become clear of what it is that they're needing, you know. So, you know, and one of the things too is when we have something big that we're gonna basically drop on someone, when we need to express something that's really challenging, like maybe it's a relocation of one of the, one of the partners and it's Challenging, and the other person's not going to want to leave, and you know that, and so it's it's being able to speak it, you know, doing the internal work first, whatever it is, doing the internal work, the core truth for you yourself, what's important to you within that, and what's going to be important for them, and Of course, it's you know naming that and being open to maybe it's different than you think it is, and so that's where the direct conversation comes in is to clarify what the difference between what we think. And what's actually true. And so when we can, we can start from that and then we can ask for the space that we need and we can ask for the things that we need within that. And so knowing our differences and then being able to name them throughout can really be helpful. And, and once we do name it and we land something, you know, it's kind of, I feel like it's very much, we, we land something on them. We speak something and it drops on people, you know, when you have something big and sometimes heavy or just a big deal. It's it's something that people have to integrate. We have to take a moment to integrate that, and that's especially true for men. And a so women, we can see the many different, you know, like men can say one thing and we'll think 20 things about that one thing. Our mind works that way. For men, it's very single-focused, like in the work of Alison Armstrong. And when we do, when we can recognize that, we can give them space so we We speak it, we speak our core truth, what's important to us, and then we let it be in the space. It's that pregnant pause. So we let it be in the space and we allow that. And it's often awkward, which is why we like to continue to speak, because it makes us feel more comfortable. But ultimately, that person that we're speaking to needs to integrate that and needs some time and space so that way they can come into what is their truth within that. And then they can speak that back to to us. And that's important. So it's, it's taking, you know, a lot of breath, doing you know, breathing really deeply through the challenging things and hitting the pause moment when you need to integrate. And naming how we feel throughout the encounter so that way, if something is spoken and it triggers us, we can say, wow, that really triggered me or wow, that really hurt. I just, I need a moment to be with that so I can make sense of it for myself. So we need to not be afraid to hit the pause button and just be like, hey, you know, and and as couples come together, making agreements around, okay, when we hit something that doesn't work for us, like how do we want to approach it? How do we want to sit down and talk about this? And, And then also recognizing that sometimes you've talked about it and processed it and there's no more that can be said about it, and so let it be for a little bit allow it the space and time to be integrated so you can find an approach with it because sometimes and sometimes things can be much simpler than we think it needs to be and so holding space that you know sometimes we might just need to speak it and that's all that needs to happen and there's no follow up or action needed we just need to be heard and then other times there is follow up and there is action that's needed or some kind of response that's needed
1: mm-hmm. What an amazing! Advice. I mean, it really you're you're so terrific, and you are so inspirational. You really are. I mean, not just to mm-hmm. me, but to so many people. And truly, what I said, we've had you know guest after guest on the show of the top experts in the world, one more profound and more riveting than the next, and the work is incredible. And I've had the opportunity to work with so many people and be glorified and enjoy so many people. But your energy is it's just different. When I, From the time I first met you, there is something in you that, you know, you so open your heart and share your heart, and now you're able to teach other people how to open their hearts and share their hearts. It's such an incredibly profound and loving level. And so I so highly recommend that people jump on your teleseminar on wednesday and i know i'm certainly i'm traveling but i'm going to try to jump on as well because i would love to be able to continue listening and, and this work with you and that people find you and especially if you're getting married or if you are married or if you've been married a couple times and the communication thing hasn't worked for you and this is you you want to learn these tools and techniques and these keys and want to have these words and these sentences and these doorways and paths and windows and entrances to being able to say what you're thinking and feeling and being able to share and express in a way that it's finally being heard and that you feel safe about talking about everything and so i'm just so thrilled that you're doing what you're doing and that the person on the planet doing what you're doing is you because i can't think of a better Mm -hmm. person to do that and you know, as you inspire others, I want to ask, what inspires you? Mm, you know, there was a be-
2: you know one is my own personal journey of healing and healing my relationship toward the masculine and toward men and and within myself as a woman and and then I was out at Burning Man in 2007 and we brought out there the Gaia Matrya Goddess Temple and we created this beautiful space dedicated to women. And within this space, we had a throne in one of the, it was two domes, and within the center of one of the domes was this throne, and it was the goddess throne, and it was for women to come in and feel empowered, and there was a time that I sat in that throne and watched what was happening. We had altars to different goddesses around the space, and person after person, I mean, watching the women come through the door and falling to their knees and just being so grateful for the space that honored them. And then simultaneously watching men come through the door and fall to their knees in awe and reverence for the goddess. And it inspired me to believe that we, you know, all people, all people want to be able to have healthy relationships with each other. And there was one brother that fell to his knees in front of the throne as I was sitting there, and he said, I know we can do better than this. I don't know how to get there, but I know we can get there. And that was a really deeply touching and inspiring moment for me to see this man want the same thing that I want and so many people want of being able to have healthy relationships with each other, to have fulfilling connections and that depth of connection that we can get when we work together and open ourselves to be vulnerable and to be seen into. And so it's it's that hope and and that knowing that we will get there and it will be beautiful and we are the creators of this. And so we get to we get to take what has come before us and build on it and make it better for future generations and so we can have these these enriching lives that we so desire.
1: Mm-hmm. What a beautiful answer! Really, how uh, very stunning! And so, your class on Wednesday—tell us once again how we register for that. Mm-hmm.
2: So you can um, go to my website, uh, speaking the unspeakable dot com, and you can get more information there. You can also email me directly, speak rain r a i n like the weather at gmail dot com. And I um, am happy to register people and have a conversation with people to, you know, one of the things that I like to do within my work is to make sure that it is addressing the specific needs of the people who come. And so, and and it's often fun when I, you know, plan out the workshop and then I get in and I ask, you know, ask people questions about what they want to get or, you know, just hear from people and, and it's, fun how it aligns and then also how it also shifts and so you know i love to connect with people and make things very poignant and pertinent to their everyday lives because that's really the heart of this work is that it can be lived and walked every day and that it can be fulfilling and again enriching because that's i mean life is so rich and abundant with such beauty and the only thing that holds us back from that is us. And so when we're willing to, you know, be the fool at the edge of the unknown, because a lot of this is unknown for us, and to have the courage to move forward in it, we can, we can do that together. And we can support each other. And, and I particularly like working with women because there's so much, there's so much there for us to gain and, and lead the way, and as women step into their leadership within their voice, within the home, within our communities, and within business, the more that we're able to do this in a powerful way that's in alignment with the feminine and really bring the the gorgeousness of that out, um, the more that everything will be served in life. We hold so many keys within us as women for for the family, for our communities. And even, you know, in, in business and politics, that... The more we can claim our voice, the quicker things will shift, and life can be that beautiful experience that we know it can be.
1: That's great. Now I have, we only have a couple of minutes left, and we always ask our guests at the end of the show for a definition of a word. Deirdre Hay did marriage and val, and we've had harmony. And and so what to you does this communication mean? Hmm. So communication
2: is the external expression of our internal word, world, that internal world. And so it is a reflection of who we are on the inside that gets spoken out to create connections with the external world, with each other, with our communities. And so it's that. It's, it's, and it's also the paint that we use to paint the world it's both Mm -hmm. the framework and the paint that gives it such texture and richness that makes it engaging what a beautiful definition I'd love
1: to use that on our website that was just Mm -hmm. gorgeous just absolutely Mm -hmm. breathtaking and it's been so magical having you here and such an honor and such a blessing and I love the work that you're doing I truly Mm -hmm. do and I just think that for everybody that's here on the show right now there isn't a single person that doesn't have a desire to say what's in their heart and not only to say it but to have it be received in such mm-hmm. a joyous and such an open and such a loving way and the words that you share and the phraseology and the way that they flow and the essence in which and the intent in which they're spoken It's just really magic. It's really love. It's really light energy that's just coming Mm -hmm. out of the breath, and so Mm. so beautiful and incredible work. And it's such so nice to have you on the call, and such a joy. And truly, you are one of my favorite people on the planet. So I'm so happy that you're doing this. Thank you so much, Nicole. Here and. um,
2: Yeah, thank you, and thank thank you you for the work that you're doing. Thank you so much for supporting women and having the knowledge and the tools and the resources to have fulfilling relationships and to, you know, I, I think love is such a beautiful gift in our world for us to experience and that you support people, especially women and even men, in having meaningful connections and beautiful relationships, I deeply bow to you and the work that you're doing, and thank you so
1: much. Oh, hmm. Thank you. It's a pleasure. So thank you for being with us, Amanda. So Amanda Rain, mm-hmm. and find her, find her, find her. Okay. <laughs> thank you, Amanda. <laughs> <In> thank you, <soul. laughs> okay. What a beautiful guest. I mean, amazing work just absolutely amazing work, and that is something that we're working with everybody on and how to write your vowels, how to say those words that are in your heart, and how to be able to not only say those words, but live those words and live a life that those words have the essence and the meaning of. And so I love being able to speak the unspeakable and especially sexually being able to share your fantasies and your secrets and your desires and the tools and the techniques and how to do that and how to navigate those difficult conversations. Everything that she shared was just so wonderful and so glorious. So what a thrill speaking the unspeakable.
0: Thank you for joining us on Unlimited Life. Every time I listen to Amanda, my life has changed. Every time I have the honor and the privilege of interviewing Amanda Rain, I know that I have grown within myself and I have more to even offer you than I have ever had before. She is just such an exceptional, exceptional, exceptional talent and her wisdom and knowledge touches the heart of humanity. Everyone can learn and be elevated and find the tools and the secrets and the wisdom and the gifts with Amanda rain to learn more about Amanda. I would love you to join us on dream.life slash Nicole, or you can join our other podcast, dream life secrets and learn more about Amanda rain. And I look forward to seeing you on all of our social media, our Facebooks, our Instagrams, join us Interact with us. I would love to know what you think and how your life has been shifted and changed by today's interview. I thank you for being with us. I look forward to seeing you soon and until then, I wish you always an unlimited life.